Heidi Ho, welcome to the Arrogant Healthcare Marketing Bastards podcast for the week of April 22nd, 2013. This is episode 190, and I am Chris Bevelo, president of Interval, coming to you from an igloo in Minneapolis. Joining me <laughs> on the podcast this week are... Jackie Ritako, account manager with Interval. Robert Prevo, senior account director at Interval. Hey, guys. Hello, hello. How's it going? We always say we're not going to talk about the weather, and <laughs> last time we were just aghast because we had had our second snowstorm of April, big snowstorm, I believe, was last week, and yeah, we just had right. another one. Yeah, we had another six inches. What the bleep? Seriously, what the yeah. maybe more? It's tomorrow. never going to end. No, it's not. I think it's rain, Robert. At this point. All right, good. Well, 70 by Saturday, so that's what I've got my eye on. Mm-hmm. Trying to stay so positive. I saw, I saw, what's that? I know. Yeah, but they've been saying that <laughs> the whole time, so I don't believe it. But they, I saw uh, something this morning talking about Duluth, which got like eight mm-hmm. inches last night. And they are, um, I think, not for the month of April, but since like February, they are five feet above average. Oh, wow. Of snow. Yikes. <laughs> it was like 62 inches or something above average. Not what they've got oh. above average. <laughs> that is I was ridiculous. actually there this last weekend, and there is a lot of snow. It's depressing. It is depressing. At least it's sunny out today, so hopefully it'll all schmelts away. Yeah, it'll go fast. Fingers crossed. All right. So, sorry, everybody. Seriously, don't ever move to Minnesota. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Our fine state is just... And here's another thing that's depressing. Very depressing. I noticed this last night. It's so light out at night. I think, like, sunset's like at 810. We are mm-hmm. literally two months away from the day starting to get shorter. I am not kidding you. Two months away, and the days are going to start getting shorter. <laughs> How is that possible I don't when there's know. still snow on the ground? I don't oh. know, but that really makes you want to kind of like jump off a cliff. <laughs> All right. We'll be cheerful. All right. On that note, here we go. Woo! <laughs> All right. Sorry, everybody. Okay. And I just blew your eardrums with my scream. Uh, some <laughs> updates. We have some updates. Once again, uh, what are we now? We'll, we'll be, we're basically a week away, week or two away. Depends on when you listen to this. Uh, right. From the forum. Mm-hmm. Well, the 18th annual National Healthcare Marketing Summit, we should say, in Scottsdale. And as we've been saying, please, please, please join us at, at our numerous appearances. So I'll be speaking on the Sunday of the conference with Susan Solomon about uh, brand architecture and the importance of brand. And then speaking with Chris Boyer, who is the uh, Associate Vice President of Digital Strategy at North Shore LIJ on Long Island, we're doing a two-plus-hour workshop on digital strategy. We did uh, a version of this at Shushman, and it was a huge hit. So even though it's the last day, stick around because it's a really good session, very interactive. Uh, and then, of course, the <laughs> piece de resistance. <laughs> branding I'll at the bar. That. Nice. Uh, it's branding at the bar, <laughs> which is mm-hmm. Monday. Uh, we laugh because there's a little inside joke about piece de resistance now, but... Yes, there is. So that is the night of Monday. If you're in Scottsdale, you have to come. It's the event of the season. Uh, we have drinks. We have food. We have awesome times. We have the we have the world renowned trivia contest, which will result in three people winning a 
iPad mini. So come, come, come. Pretty sweet. And then we also have big news that we're just launching. Uh, We just really launched this uh, Friday, I guess. But we have created the Joe Public Retreat. So this is the culmination of, I would say, maybe a year plus of feedback as I've gone out uh, and I speak about Joe Public from the book, of course, Joe Public Doesn't Care About Your Hospital, speak about it at conferences, uh, and I always get folks who come up to me afterwards. Uh, typically, I'm talking to healthcare marketers, right? And they, they get the message. They love the message. They know they've got work to do, um, but oftentimes they just struggle. And we've worked closely with clients that face this every day. They really struggle to bring about the transformative change we're talking about. So uh, trying to move away from mass advertising to digital strategy, trying to move away from messages that are chest pounding, you know, we're awesome, trying to sell yourself your services and having more relevant uh, messages and content marketing, that type of thing, trying to really embrace branding at a strategic level, all of these things. Uh, they run up into you know our old fashioned mindsets that are just pervasive in our organizations. So what we've decided to do is pull together a two day retreat, and this is not a conference. This is a you know basically it's like a consulting engagement. Very small group. We're keeping it very limited. Our goal is to have twenty to twenty five people there. Uh, that'll allow us to really do some hands on work. Uh, you know, this is not where you just come and sit and listen to us speechify. It's really an interactive uh, consultation where uh, by the end, you're going to have a real plan in place uh, for how you can implement the changes you want to change. So it's really about change management. It's about focus. It's about prioritization of, of where you need to make changes. Uh, and we built a really incredible experience around it. So it's uh, scheduled for June 19th through the 21st here in Minneapolis. Uh, it's going to be held at the world-renowned Guthrie Theater. Correct? That is correct. You can find all kinds of information on this retreat at JoePublicRetreat.com. So, uh, again, very limited attendance. That's intentional. Uh, we want to keep this to a small group so we can really dig in. Uh, so I would recommend that if you have interest that you that you take a look at this fairly quickly because I would imagine that uh, it's going to fill up pretty quick. Anything else and you so, guys want to add? Well, just after we complained about coming to Minnesota, now we're holding a retreat in Minneapolis in June, in June. but we promise there will not be snow in June in Minneapolis. <laughs> the ice should yes, be out. Right. Maybe I shouldn't promise. So yeah, we should be good by June June nineteenth. So. Minneapolis, mm-hmm. Minneapolis is one of the most beautiful places on earth for about three months. <laughs> nah, maybe four. I'd say five or six. No, <laughs> you're crazy. <laughs> maybe I would say, well, usually May. You're right. May through October. That's six months, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'd say half the year is pretty decent. Oh, Jackie, you're such a homer. God, look at we're We're, we're becoming optimists. It's, it's I know. We're just changing. It's so it is. I am an optimist about Minnesota. I know. <laughs> and it is beautiful here when it's warm. It's just to say it's warm here six months out of the year is, is a bit of a stretch. Yeah, that's maybe three. Yeah. It just depends. <laughs> but June will be fantastic. Guaranteed. And we've got a lot of. Then, yep. We've got a lot of fun things planned for it. Uh, it's really going to be an engaging experience. So 
hopefully mm-hmm. you will check it out and we'd love to see you there. All right. So let's move on to our topics of the day. Uh, first topic, content marketing. Uh, you know, we've been, I actually posted something on my own blog about this. Uh, and I, and I first tiled it and I said, you know, content marketing is the new black, but I'd already used that headline. I actually used it last year for digital strategy. I say digital <laughs> strategy is the new black, but the point is every year there's a new black, there's a new hot mm-hmm. button, you know, trendy, fashionable marketing theme. And, uh, a couple of years ago it was social media, right? So everywhere you turned social media, every conference you went to, there were social media symposiums. Every blog post was about social media, uh, you know, last year it seemed to be digital strategy. People were taking it to a much broader uh, place, which was good. And this year, uh, I think the leading candidate for the theme of the year, the, the bell of the ball, is content marketing. And, you know, not coincidentally, we just put out a second article in a series on content marketing. Uh, if you follow our LinkedIn group, you'll see it posted there. You can also find it. We'll provide a link to it uh, to our website. But you'll also find a link from Mahava Leap Tag because the Forum for Healthcare uh, Marketing Strategists, I think that's the official title, uh, has the Healthcare Strategy Alert, which is actually quite a good publication, uh, well-designed, in-depth articles. And they've devoted most of their most recent issue to content marketing. So it's everywhere. Uh, you know, the way we approach this is, you know, especially if you read the, the publication that Ahav is featured in and some others, folks we know like Ed Bennett, um, you know, they're talking about it in a, in a broader sense than I think we typically deal with content marketing. Uh, and mm-hmm. you can come at this from any different angle. So, uh, you know, the, the point of this is that you try to leverage content marketing at some level. Uh, a lot of folks, and you're going to see that in the in the the forum publication, really come at this from a social media standpoint. Uh, you know, they're talking about how you develop content that allows you to connect to folks through their networks. All of which is true. Uh, mm-hmm. The way we try to approach it is, and, and the second article that's now out there tries to make this very clear to us: content marketing is a substitute for traditional advertising campaigns, right? So when when healthcare marketers are faced with some of the more common marketing challenges, so you need to market a service line. So you've been charged with marketing oncology or cardiology or orthopedics. Uh, very, very common request. Or you've got a new physician that's joined the staff and you're going to market that physician or you've been charged with quote unquote building the brand. We need a brand campaign, which is a whole nother soapbox. Typically, (laughs) uh, and probably overwhelmingly so not just typically healthcare marketers approach that with some kind of promotional campaign. So if you're charged with helping build cardiology service line business, so often the answer is a promotional mass campaign that talks about how great your cardiology services are, which could show up in a thousand different ways, right? It could show up as our doctors are great. We just won U.S. News and World Report, you know, certification or award or label or whatever the hell they call it. Um, <laughs> you know, we have the latest XYZ technology, blah, 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 blah. It, it's all about you, and how great your service lines are. That's the promotional side of it. And it's typically 
advertising based. Now, there may be other components, and certainly more and more folks are, including microsites and that type of thing. Uh, but usually it's about TV campaigns and print campaigns and outdoor campaigns and radio and all of that. Mm-hmm. What we're recommending and what we're actually seeing the more sophisticated marketers doing is instead of answering the call to those strategic marketing challenges with a promotional mass advertising campaign, uh, they're answering it with a content marketing program. And that's what this article is all about. So uh, instead of going out there beating your chest about how awesome you are using mass channels, you go out there uh, to to still achieve the same goals, but you do it by trying to connect with people in a relevant way through content marketing, which means you're providing them, in most cases, educational content. Uh, you're helping them self-select where they need help. Uh, you are providing content through a myriad of channels, most of which are digital, mm-hmm. though uh, you know a, a big part of this, and we're going to talk about this in the next article, is separating your content from all the other content that's out there by leveraging the local nature of what you're offering, which then mm-hmm. would include maybe some community events, some um, classes, some appearances, whatever you can do to demonstrate that you, you know, you're there to support them uh, and you can't get that support as a consumer from WebMD, for example. So and I think that it's a, in a nutshell, oh, go ahead. Oh, well, I think, just second, I think that it, in a nutshell is what we're, what <laughs> I think in some cases it's interesting because the goals actually do change because, you know, for a lot of ad campaigns is people saying, you know, they want people to know about us or know about a service. And it's kind of a mindset shift to really move toward, you know, we want, we want to provide information that's relevant. So people actually interact with us. So in some cases, your goals would actually change from the outset. So it's a little bit of a, a shift. Mm-hmm. Well, I think, the, I think you're right. I think the, goal, the, the ultimate goals are the same. We mm-hmm. want to build a brand for our service line in the market. We want to drive in more patients. We want to get a better payer mix. Uh, all those business goals you know, that you're supposed to start with, uh, mm-hmm. should it change? How you achieve them is what changes. And so... To your point, you're not trying to achieve greater volumes by just driving up awareness and perception through mass advertising, which is, you know, the, the, the flaw in that is to assume that all the people that see your ads give a hoot about your whatever it is you're promoting, uh, mm-hmm. which is the title of the book, Joe Public Doesn't Care About Your Hospital, because the vast majority, 99.2%, do not need your service, therefore don't find that promotional content relevant and, and won't pay attention. So it, it is. there's lots of reasons why you want to pursue this strategy, but what we're trying to do is get people to think about how to leverage it in a strategic way. Mm-hmm. What else can we add about that? Does that sum it up? You have a, um, well, you have a really cool chart in your blog post that kind of helps weigh the content marketing program versus the promotional campaign, which I think is helpful. Right, right. It, it, and that's where I think... It, you know, it's kind of like social media or even digital. <laughs> when you talk about something that's so big and, and hairy that it's hard to understand, well, how do we actually leverage this? And that's where you can certainly take it as a broader approach, like you will read in the other articles about, hey, this should permeate everything you do, which I which I tend to agree with. Um, but I think you're missing out on the real power of this if you're just trying to think about it through your social media channels. And it's just basically a broad-based mm-hmm. flat approach as opposed to a more 
uh, vertical strategic approach to your marketing challenges. And you can do both. I mean, you should be doing both. You should have it more of a, a flatter, broader perspective across all your communications. Uh, but I think the real transformation could come when people start down the path of how do we, how do we build our cardiology business? And they go to, through that chart, like you're talking about, Jackie, and they go, okay, well, mm-hmm. instead of the promotional campaign that's got a sales message and uses mass advertising, let's think about content marketing that's more educational in nature and uses digital. Uh, and on down the line of uh, how long should something like this last? What's the role of physicians? <clears throat> Which I think is dramatically different. So instead of having them, you know, standing there with their arms crossed in their photo talking about how <laughs> awesome they are, you actually have them providing the content on video, in blogs, mm-hmm. in uh, community events. Uh, that's how they're the stars of your marketing because they're actually mm-hmm. demonstrating their expertise, not just standing there like cutouts. Uh, and I'm supposed to think how awesome you are. Forget about the fact that everybody else has the same damn picture up on their billboard, right? So. That's how we think you should think about this stuff. Um, and it seems to be getting good feedback from folks who've already weighed in. And I think the beauty is, you oh, know, cool. as, we, as we talk to people and, and see what organizations are doing, a lot of organizations are already doing some content marketing. And I think, you know, as mm-hmm. you'll see in this, in this blog post, you know, a key piece is to the success is really tying it all together, you know, with your packaging and, and you know, put, pulling it together into programs. So, you know, a lot of organizations who may not think they're, you know, engaging in this way, um, they may, may actually, you know, have, some, have a great start, whether it's videos, risk assessments, those kinds of things. Right. 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 And that's where that's where I think differentiates our vertical approach, the more flatter approach, which really isn't packaged. It's just a communication strategy, which I agree with. Again, it's it's you should be doing both, to be frank. Uh, but it's just like going out there with a promotional campaign. That is one thing that's the same. You need to package that thing in a compelling, creative way or it's not going to mm-hmm. stand out. Uh, and right. that is where you can really, you know, focus on something in content marketing for a, from a strategic program standpoint, which is the next article in the series is really going to talk about, okay, if you want to take this approach, how do you do it in a way that's actually going to stand out? Because one of the challenges with content marketing is that a lot of different entities are doing this. You know, you can't just put out a video for you know, how to help my back pain and assume that that's going to compel people to turn to you as opposed to the 20 other different places I can find a a video on back pain. Mm -hmm. How do you actually package that in a a more strategic way, in a more compelling way, so people will turn to you uh, and will engage you to your earlier point, Robert, so that you're actually driving marketing results? Mm -hmm. So hopefully we'll have that, um, the next article posted Oh, within a few weeks, trying to do these kind of one on top of each other so people can actually start leveraging this advice and get out there and leverage content marketing. want to keep people waiting. Well, yes, we don't want to tantalize them too much. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So anything else on that one? I don't think so. Check check it out. Good synopsis. Check it out. (laughs) Scoop it out. Okay. (laughs) So the other thing we want to talk about is um, a story I ran across in Twin Cities business. And, you know, we do make fun of Minneapolis. We make fun of Minnesota for its weather as it deserves. But one of the things that I say, and I've been saying for years, and I think is still the case, 
the Twin Cities is really an incubator for innovation in healthcare and has been for quite some time. Uh, managed mm-hmm. care really was born here. Uh, you've got a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of the health and wellness uh, kind of approaches started here with Red Brick Health and uh, Divinity Health and just a lot of different kind of uh, insurance models were born here. Minute Clinic, so the whole idea of a mini clinic was born here. Uh, you just have a lot of different things. And, and so there's another one that's popped up, and I don't know how unique this is. Uh, my guess would be it's not unique, but I think it's worth talking about because I think whoever figures this out is going to be a very, very wealthy individual. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's maybe it's the person that's featured in this story. Uh, it's a story about a company called Engage, which is N-G-A-G-E, Engage Health. And what they've done is created software that allows patients to basically stay in touch with their physicians uh, on an ongoing basis. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, here's the... <laughs> I think the quote is kind of funny because it's it's a little raw, but I'm going to read it anyway, okay? <laughs> yeah. It says, let's say you're fat and have high blood pressure and you're not very active, <laughs> says Mills. And that's referring to Peter Mills, who's the founder. Uh, the doctor asks you to start tracking what you eat and how much you move. In any population, Mill says, 10 to 15% of the population will follow that advice, lose weight, and lower their blood pressure. Another 10 to 15% won't do anything. The remaining 60 to 70% can be swayed by messages from their physicians, he says. An interactive tool that lets patients report their progress captures useful data. You can understand the population you have in more detail and with better information. Then you can decide where to spend more effort to get the best results over the population. So they've created mm-hmm. software that allows that to happen uh, in a way that physicians can track it and interact with their patients, right? So this is the secret sauce. I mean, there's, in fact, a lot of the stuff we do is intended to provide patients slash consumers with the ability to do this. Mm -hmm. Uh, The trick is, how do you connect it into the clinical setting? Because if the trends in healthcare are to be believed that we're moving away from episodic care and moving into more relationship slash management of care uh, because providers are going to get reimbursed on keeping people healthy, not just fee for service. How do you actually do that? How do you as a provider organization actually stay on top of the members slash community that you're supposed to be responsible for? So this Mm -hmm. appears to be an attempt to try to, bridge that gap um uh, and and robert you said you you're familiar with peter well uh my wife who worked at red brick health um knows him so i haven't actually met him but um, the name was familiar yeah and he's done a, i think he's done a number of or he's had at least a couple startups in the in the health arena he's a physician um by background and um yeah this seems to be his you know latest venture that is proving to have some early success it looks like yeah, and I think. And have, oh, go ahead, Jackie. Well, I was just going to ask: Have they um, actually tried to um, use this in any hospitals and health systems in the area? I'm trying to read through the article. Yeah, here. they have, but on a very limited basis. I mean, I don't. Okay. The, the The real promise of this is that you have a hospital or health system whose entire, say, primary care network of physicians is leveraging this. That, to oh, me, right. is where you mm-hmm. would actually see benefit uh, in managing the health of your 
of your um, managing the health of your patients and consumers. I mean, a sure. lot of this is what's being promised through patient portals. Uh, mm-hmm. I think the difference is patient portals are still designed around, you know, an inwardly focused provider standpoint. Like, here's what we want to give you. Uh, and it's not taking it to this level of making it, first of all, apparently their software is very engaging. It's visual based. Um, right. You know, to me, you've got the patient portal stuff and then you get all the things like lose it or my fitness pal or all these other kind of consumer oriented software or applications that allow you to do what this does. Um, mm-hmm. And I see this again as, as trying to bring the two together, uh, which is right. where I think the magic could happen. Uh, I think there's there's a lot left to be figured out. Um, just providing compelling software technology solution for consumers to use doesn't mean that that's going to push us where we need to go because obviously this relies on the receipt and action on or action upon from a provider. And right. how can right. a primary care physician really monitor all of this? I mean, a lot of it, I think, is supposed to be automatic. Mm-hmm. So the example is, um, let's see, using engaged software, the same patient can log her exercise schedule, for instance, and her daily diet. If she indicates on her online portal that she's exercising and eating well, the doctor might respond with an encouraging note. If she stops exercising, for instance, the software can alert her doctor who could then respond by asking the patient to come in for another appointment or by sending her additional information about the benefits of different kinds of exercise. So if that's not automated, it's not happening. There's no way physicians are going to be like monitoring, you know, 5,000 patients or whoever they see um, and responding with personal notes. Now, I do think that's the promise of this and and it could be figured out, but there's so much that's going to have to change with the culture of healthcare, that is mm-hmm. a much bigger issue than the technology gap that this bridges. Wouldn't you say, Robert? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what I like about it is it, you know, it highlights the fact that, you know, that everybody needs some kind of support and encouragement um, to change their habits, you know, and whether that's through your coworker or your friends, like you talked about Christopher doing, you know, some kind of wellness initiative or tracking, you know, what you're eating on, on my fitness pal, but everybody needs that if you're going to actually change something. And this takes it to the, you know, brings in the provider to actually provide that support, which could be hugely powerful, you know, how mm-hmm. that exactly works and how meaningful it is. Um, just based on, you know, how, how much a, a physician can really engage, you know, personally um we know we'll see but i I like kind of what it's going going after i think that's definitely a unique opportunity Mm -hmm. was there something you were going to say jackie sorry um no not really i mean just that this just obviously depends so much the success of it just depends so much on on the providers being responsive i mean i think if it's done well which it looks like it is i mean i think patients yearn for stuff like this i think they would eat this up so you know, it's not getting them to do this, you know, it's, you know, having the providers be as responsive as they need to be for this to be successful, which will be the, the trick, I think. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, for this to actually work, I mean, the reason I think things like Lose It or My Fitness Pal or Fitbit, those work because they're designed for consumers. They're designed right. with the consumer in mind and they're engaging and people like to use them. Uh 
this needs to be designed in the same way, which is why a lot of patient portals fail. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, they fail in, in regards to trying to engage people. What's really interesting is, you know, there's this idea of meaningful use, which is all of these, I don't know how much money it is, billions of dollars that was set out by President Obama in the stimulus package, however many years ago, uh, that is supposed to go to helping healthcare organizations, um, you know, embrace and, and uh, implement EMRs. <clears throat> so trying mm-hmm. to, to turn all the records into digital records, electronic medical records. Part of your ability to actually get that money is you have to meet a meaningful use requirement. And part of that, meaning it has to actually be used. It can't just be, hey, give us a lot of money. We're going to put this in place, but then it doesn't get used in a significant way. Part of that is there's some percentage of your patients that actually have to engage that technological system. And so that requires making sure that you're making it, designing in a way mm-hmm. that people want to engage it, right? Uh, because if you don't get enough people that are that are clicking through to your patient portal and using it to some level, and I don't even know what that is, you know, you're not meeting meaningful use requirements. And so uh, I know there's a lot of work going on with patient portals out there, uh, but I think this goes beyond it because it seems like they're trying to come at this from a consumer standpoint and back into healthcare, which would be a much better way to do it. Right. right. Yeah, that's no, cool. So we'll keep an eye on it. Maybe we can have, um, maybe we can use Robert's wife's, wife's connection, Jill's connection to, to, to have Peter come in and talk to us because uh, first of all, it's always great to talk to bright minds who are trying to really f- change healthcare. Uh, but if there's so much similar to what we do, in fact, we we're just talking about content marketing. Uh, a big part of content marketing is trying to engage folks. Uh, we're trying to come at it from a marketing standpoint, uh, and you know, almost piecemeal trying to to tackle this. Where uh, you might have a health risk assessment, for example, where somebody comes in, goes through the online assessment, and then has the opportunity to connect with a clinician, but that is still episodic. It's not uh, an ongoing. We've had things like Fit for 50, which we did with the Nova Health System, which was allowing people to, at some level, track their wellness goals and track their progress. But that wasn't connected through to a clinical standpoint. So, you know, we're we're probing this type of thing. uh, But this this would be the secret sauce if if somebody could actually make this happen. So, Mm -hmm. anywho. Anything else you want to add to that? I don't nope. think so. All right. Well, we're at our half hour mark. We should probably let people go. Call it a day. Let them go. Be free. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, I think I think we'll have one more of these before we see people at the forum. So I'll hold off and saying see you there. But hopefully we'll mm-hmm. see you there, and hopefully we'll see you in June. Hope to see you there. Yep. And ho- yeah. Hopefully we'll see you in June at the at the Joe Public Retreat too. JoePublicRetreat.com if you want information on that. So, signing off for the Arrogant Healthcare Marketing Ambassadors podcast, this is Chris Bevelo. Jackie Ritaco. And Robert Prevo. We will talk to you next time. Bye. See you.